Radio Theater Project. Radio Theater Project. A radio drama series featuring comedy, science fiction, and mystery. 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 Old stories and new. Radio Theater Project. Theater of the mind for today. Crime Thriller presents a Father Brown mystery. The great crime-solving priest who looks into the heart of crime to see that moral justice is done. This time, Father Brown works with the eminent great detective, Dr. Orion Hood, to solve the very trivial case of the man who seems to be absent, Mr. Glass. and welcome to Newsbeat. Bringing you the heart of the news today, I'm Brenda Saunders presenting. Dr. Orion Hood is in the studio. He's the well-known crime investigator who recently helped Scotland Yard crack a serial murder case called the East London Killer. Dr. Hood, welcome to Newsbeat. Thank you for having me on your program, Miss Saunders. You're welcome, Dr. Hood. I understand it has been a grueling six months of hard work to capture this man, Joshua Dingle, the alleged East London Killer. The police did most of the legwork, leaving me to the task of puzzling out the whys and wherefores of who could possibly have murdered the homeless in East London. So how did you deduce the facts in the case? Through mental capacity and the ability to see what is pertinent in all of the data given me, separating the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. I see. What special talent do you have that the police detectives don't? While I believe we have the finest police force in the world, they depend too much on the physical act of policing and not enough on thinking through the problem. They attack the problem with brute force, not subtle brain work? Correct. But restating it like that is not helpful in the least. I don't want to put down the everyday policing like so many of my detractors do. What about DNA evidence? No, excuse me, ma'am. DNA evidence can be a factor, but... Hard deductive reasoning will always take the lead over science. As longtime viewers know, we not only look at the heart of the news, but we challenge the news to come up with the truth. So tonight on Newsbeat, we have breaking information on DNA evidence that proves Joshua Dingle did not, in fact, kill the homeless. What? That the use of deductive reasoning right out of the toolbox like that of the antiquated Sherlock Holmes is a waste of taxpayers' money. Thank you, Dr. Hood, for coming on Newsbeat. Why did you have to go on that damn program? Because I was asked to go on that absurd program. Well, you shouldn't have. The forensic team still hasn't completed their determination. You knew that. It was just a matter of confirming what I knew to be true. Well, it wasn't. Now was it? And we look like fools. Not as foolish as I look. We'll weather the storm. That is, until the next sensation comes along. I'm afraid that is not what the commissioner wants. We are not weathering any storm. What's your meaning, sir? You're sacked. We're canceling your contract. So you're telling the world it was my fault? If the shoe fits, that's what the commissioner wants. Your type of detective work is done with. Now please, go. Good morning, Dr. Hood. Thanks for taking the time to come to my office. 
Good morning, John. You know it's nice to be in the calm of the academic environment instead of the untidy outside and the sea of troubles. Excuse me, Dr. Hood. It's Chancellor Hughes, not John. But we have been friends for years. Acquaintances, maybe, but not friends. Is there something wrong? Is it that stupid entanglement I got into with the police yesterday? That didn't help your case. My case? What are you going on about? I will not beat around the bush. The tenure committee has looked into your case, and you're in trouble. If this is not beating around the bush, you should let me know what is. Here, read this. A synthesis of ideas in the early 20th century eugenics movement? Where did you find this? It was sent to me in the mail. This was published years ago. I had completely forgotten about it. It doesn't matter how it got to me, as long as you acknowledge that it's your work. It's mine, though I might say it was put together by a rash young man. This work sums and supports the beliefs of eugenics, does it not? Well, yes. It was many years ago. You can't base... Today is today, and this paper is extremely explosive and could damage our reputation. So what is it you want? Bluntly, your resignation. Confound you, I will not! So you want your name dragged through the papers again? Because the Tenure Committee will hold meetings, very public meetings. We must wipe away this stain. I... Well, my resignation will be on your desk by the end of the day. That will do nicely, Doctor. Now I must bid you a good day. Why are you looking at your sherry glass so intently? Absence is the lack of something, right? Of course. The absence of the liquid is nothing, right? Of course, again. I didn't realize that I had asked you over to my house for puzzling statements. Hercule, I must say that I had the most puzzling time the other day, and it all involved the absence of a man. Do tell. I will, because it involves someone you know very well. The eminent criminal investigator, Dr. Orion Hood. Dr. Hood. The man who used to think he was the mightiest brain in the entire world. If not the universe. Until the universe turned against him. The sin of pride is always a temptation. How does it involve Dr. Hood? I decided to consult with him. Why would you do that, my friend? I thought, in this case, that deduction was a proper method to solve this little puzzle. Well, tell me more. It all started when I was at my parish church. She just doesn't understand. Now, now sit down in this pew, Miss McNabb. Maggie, isn't it? Uh-huh. She just doesn't want to understand. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure it can be all, um, here's a handkerchief. But I love him. Since I don't know who he is, why don't you start from the beginning? Oh, I'm sorry, Father. As you know, my mother has a rooming house. We have several rumors. There's one who moved in recently. His name is James Todd Hunter. Oh, I see. This is the young man you're in love with? Yes, I am. And we want to get married. Why shouldn't we get married? No reason at all that I know of. Except that your mother objects? There's no reason behind it. I'll tell you about the argument mother and I had. That should tell you that I'm right. Yes, go ahead. We were in the kitchen when Mother brought up James Todd Hunter. 
You know nothing about that man. I know all I need to know. He's a quiet, kind, and gentle soul. You know nothing about him. He could be a demon. He could have a dozen women in dozens of towns. And married to each one of them. Mother, you don't know everything. And I know one thing. I want to marry him. Marry him? I forbid it. Do you think this is the Victorian age? Do you believe you could stop me from doing anything? Foolish? Why don't you think for yourself? Why would you marry a man you don't even know? Because I want to. More foolishness. Besides, he's too quiet, like dynamite before it explodes. That's a silly metaphor. How can you object to a quiet man in this day and age of noisy people? Quiet doesn't mean there's not a volcano inside him. If you decide to do this foolish thing, you and Todd Hunter can leave and never darken my doorway again. Really, Mother? Another Victorian melodramatic cliché? Well, I mean it. Even if your fancy college education makes you look down at me. I didn't mean that. You know I love you. I'm sorry. I think this tired old cliché of a woman is gonna get on with cleaning and other duties around this rooming house. Oh, Mother. Father Brown, I don't want to hurt Mother. I know you don't. Much to your credit. So many today don't think of others. So how can I help? I'm not sure. I know we're not Catholic or anything. I also know you're a good man and have helped a lot of people. Couldn't you think of something? Maybe I can. There is a certain man I know of, a Dr. Hood. A medical doctor? Why would you call in a medical doctor? No, not a man of medicine. A doctor in philosophy. A man of wide knowledge in literature and education. How can he help? He has been known to work out a puzzle now and then. Like you? Not like me, but through hard deductive reasoning. Yes, he is just the man to help. I will go see him tomorrow. How disturbing to have a visitor at this time, just as I achieved an important breakthrough in my research. What do you want? Good morning, Dr. Hood. A priest? Well, well, what do you want? I hope I haven't interrupted anything that you were doing. Uh, not really. Now, what can I do for you? I've come to ask you for an opinion. An opinion? A linguistic opinion? No, something more personal. May I come in? Of course. Follow me into my study. What a nice and tidy house you have. Here's my study. Please, have a seat. Thank you. You have a great many books. Oh dear, my hat and umbrella have fallen off the chair. Let me help you pick them up. Here's your umbrella and your hat. Hmm. Yes, your hat. Quite old-fashioned for today's Catholic clergy. The curved wide brim is exceedingly old-fashioned. Not much used in England today. It is a hat from a long time ago. An old memento of a much earlier time. Hmm. But then you seem such an old-fashioned kind fellow. It does fit you. Here's your hat. Why, thank you, Dr. Hood. Uh, most astonishing that a priest has come to visit me at my home. My name is Father Brown. I wish to consult with you on a matter most urgent. A conundrum that one with your powers of deductive reasoning will probably find fiddling. A problem like why you would wear such a hat? Uh, the significance would suggest a dark secret of your past. 
I promise you it is an affectation only, Dr. Hood. I have come to consult you, not talk about my hat. Oh, uh, yes. Well then, you have entered the wrong home, as my work is in literary and education. Have you not consulted with the police and foreign governments? I have consulted with the police, but not in a long, long time. While my little case will seem trivial, it is still of the gravest importance. Hmm. The gravest importance? Well, well, since you are here, I might as well listen. I appreciate this. I know of this young woman who wants to get married. In this day and age, it is always good to encourage marriage. It has been some twenty years since anyone wanted to consult me on a personal matter. Uh, Now I will make tea, unless you want coffee. No, tea will be sufficient. Good. When tea is ready, I will listen to your trivial little problem. Could you pass me another of Laura's sticky buns? Are you sure you should indulge, my good friend? Isn't gluttony a deadly sin? Yes, it is. Thank you for reminding me of that. Well, we all have our passions and little pleasures. I just feel they must be doled out in minute ways. It is so. So do you know what happened after she left the church? I did find out later from her that she did confront her mother with questions. I will have a sticky bun. Oh, well. And what happened? They were in her mother's kitchen when she asked her questions. Where have you been, Maggie? Seeing Father Brown. What do you want with that priest? We're a good Protestant family. Mother, you haven't gone to church in years. Well, I still keep the faith in my heart. Father Brown is just a friend. I needed to talk to someone. Before you say anything further, let me say I'm sorry about hurting you. Did Brown say not to marry him? He didn't tell me to do anything. He just listened. I decided to find out why you don't like Jim. He's too mysterious for me. That's not enough. Why? He gets strange visitors. Who, Mother? Well, the other day, I was washing dishes, looking out the window, when a man came along the sea road. A strange gentleman with a mustache, a monocle, and wearing a tuxedo and carrying a top hat. He came right to Todd Hunter's door and let himself in with a key. A friend, no doubt. No, I heard arguing soon after. Two distinct voices. So he argued with his friends. Sometimes people do. Any other objections? He never seems to work. He's home all day and night. Just where does Todd Hunter get his money? Has he told you? We've not talked about it. I'm not worried. He is a very bright man. He'll find a job. That's why you shouldn't marry him. It would be a mistake. Now, I've heard your objections, and I think they're silly, and I will hear no more about it. All problems seem trivial in comparison to your big cases of yesteryear. So you have heard of my triumphs? Of course. I have a great interest in the mysteries of the day. Uh, But it has been at least 14 years since I solved the attempted poisoning of the French president at the Lord Mayor's banquet. It caused quite a stir in the papers. Yes, it was a sensation. And it made up for what happened in the East London killer case. Yes, that was truly a fall from grace. The important part was how I solved the situation. 
The solution was sublime yet simple. Yet I have not seen or heard of you being involved in any cases lately. I'm still shunned by the British police, and the rest of the world doesn't want my kind of brain anymore. They solve cases with DNA, computers, and all other investigative technological tools. Old-fashioned deduction and reasoning is something of an antiquity. My little problem can't be solved with newfangled gadgets. It needs the use of brain power. Who could that be? Hello, young lady. I need to see Father Brown. He is here, isn't he? Yes, he is. Come with me. Maggie, what are you doing here? Oh, Father Brown, something has happened. You have to come with me at once. The ocean is always pleasant to view. The sea going off into the horizon reminds me of the infinite. Father, can you come back to the here and now? Sorry. I don't get to see the ocean much. How did you know I was here? No, wait. You called the parish. Why come here instead of phone? Because she does not live far from my house. How would you... Uh, oh, yes, no car. So she must have walked? Correct. You surprise me, but pleasantly so. People take you at face value, don't they? Well, I... Hello. I am here, you know. I need to tell you what's going on. I'm sorry. The sea air has turned my head. Tell us what has happened. Mother has heard strange going-ons in Jim's room. What? She heard some bumping, like a struggle, then silence. Glass smashing, cries of pain. She thinks that stranger is back. They might be fighting. Why not call the police? Because I don't believe in this mystery stranger who Mother suggests appears out of the mist. An invisible man? Who could believe it? And you don't want to cause Todd Hunter unnecessary grief. I understand. If I'm not mistaken, we are almost there. Yes. I don't even want to know how you knew. Mother, I hear nothing. And you say you can hear quite clearly, in the kitchen, everything that goes on in the guest room? Well, not everything. Just any ruckus. And I heard a ruckus. Thumping and bumping. Something awful. Well, the only way we will truly know is if we go pay a visit to Mr. Todd Hunter. You're correct. Let's go. I do wish to ask Mrs. McNabb one simple question. Can't we hurry, Father? Mrs. McNabb, the man you saw come today, was he wearing clothing that seemed kind of uh, theatrical? Theatrical? Like appearing on television? Yes, exactly. His clothing appeared outlandish. We must go. Then let's not waste another minute. We must go upstairs to the room of James Todd Hunter. His room, it's been trashed. Jim, we must untie him. Wait a minute, young lady. We must observe before we disturb. You can't leave him tied up like that. Maggie, I think we should wait a bit. He is unharmed. Let Dr. Hood see what he can see. Thank you, Father. You see the top hat. That must be Mr. Glass's top hat. It is too big for Mr. Todd Hunter's head. Why Mr. Glass? Because of the smashed drinking glass on the floor. I see. You are right about that. Yes, I say he is an old aristocrat with an affection for the past. Like your affection for your hat. What else can you see from the hat? 
In examining it with my magnifying glass, I can see white hairs, so he's an old chap. You must untie James, can't you see that? Does your Todd Hunter drink or gamble, Miss McNabb? No, I don't believe so. Then that is another piece of evidence for the now absent Mr. Glass. There are broken whiskey glasses on the floor and cards on the table. If you don't untie him, I will call the police right now. You may call the police any time, young lady. The rope will do until the police come, because I have one more piece of evidence to put before you to show there was a crime here. Evidence of a crime? You're crazy! Let him speak before we call on the police. Uh, Thank you. Uh, That sword on the ground has a bit of blood on the tip. So my conclusion is there was a fight. Whether in defense or with malicious intent, Mr. Glass was stabbed by Todd Hunter. But why, Doctor? Because he was being blackmailed by our down-on-his-luck Mr. Glass. And this is how it happened. Who is it? You know who it is. You know what I want. I have no more money to give you. Please, leave me alone. How gullible do you think I am? Of course you have more money. You're a very wealthy man who comes from a great family. How did you find me here? I came to this small seaside apartment to get away from my family. If you think it was hard to trace you, you're more of a fool than I thought. You left a trail a mile wide. So how much do you want this time? Ten thousand pounds seems like a good price to keep your secret. That's impossible! I might as well tell it to everyone! (sighs) And risk going to prison for ten years... I think you're wise enough to know better. You can get the money from one of your many offshore accounts. You know about those, too. And all I can say is yes. <laughs> I knew you would be defeated in the end. Then how about a drink to seal our commitment? Why not? Here you go. <laughs> Cheap gin. How <sighs> your life has fallen. It's a shame you don't have a criminal mind. You and I could go far if we teamed up. Teamed up? (laughs) I can't stand it. No, I will not do this. Why, you young pup? A sword? Where did that come from? You wouldn't dare! Ah! You're mad! You'll pay for this! What an exciting scene you've painted. Why, thank you, Father. Will someone untie poor James? Did you not hear me, Miss McNabb? I don't believe you. He is not a murderer. Then where is the body, Doctor? Mm, Buried in the garden, or stuffed up a chimney. Very Edgar Allan Poe of you. Dr. Hood, did James tie himself up? Ah, yes, the ropes. You know, I did a monograph on rope knots. Those rope knots were self-tied. He could get himself out at any time. That is true, and that's not all there is to see. Do you see more than I do, Father? I may not see more than you do, but I begin with a different premise. Not of criminality, of something more innocent. Hmm. Uh, Tell me what you see. Look at Mr. Todd Hunter. I mean, really look. Yes, he's shaking. Shaking with fear. He's hurt. He's quaking with pain. Jerusalem, no. He's laughing. Trying to keep from displaying his mirth. Why would he be laughing? I would like to laugh at myself, and I will! (laughs) Have you gone crazy? No, I haven't. And that's what is pointing me to his unseemly conduct. Uh, Dr. Hood, you are a great poet. You have called an uncreated being out of the void. 
more godlike than if you had only ferreted out the mere facts. Indeed, the mere facts are rather commonplace and comic by comparison. What are you talking about? The facts show a Mr. Glass was here, who is now absent. That's it. That's it. That's the first idea to get fixed. The absence of Mr. Glass. He is so extremely absent. I suppose that there was never anybody so absent as Mr. Glass. You mean he's absent from this room? I know this. I mean he is absent from everywhere. He is absent from the nature of things, so to speak. Do you mean to say there was never a Mr. Glass? And if there is no Mr. Glass, whose hat is this? It's Mr. Todd Hunter's. But it doesn't fit him. He couldn't possibly wear it. I never said he could wear it. I said it was his hat, or, if you insist on a shade of difference, the hat that is his. And what is the shade of difference? What could Todd Hunter get out of this one large hat? Rabbits. What? Rabbits, ribbons, sweetmeats, goldfish, rolls of colored paper. Didn't you see it all when you found out the faked ropes? It's just the same with the sword. Mr. Todd Hunter hasn't got a scratch on him, as you say, but he's got a scratch in him. If you follow me. Do you mean inside James's clothes? I do not mean inside Mr. Todd Hunter's clothes. I mean inside Mr. Todd Hunter. He cut his cheek trying to swallow the sword. I'm completely baffled by what you are saying. Tell us straight. Mr. Todd Hunter wants to be a magician. A magician? You mean a stage magician? How absurd. What about the two voices that Mrs. McNabb heard? He was teaching himself ventriloquism. And the smashed glass from the fight? When learning to juggle, one should start with things that don't break. Ta-da! Oh, James, you're out of your ropes! Presenting the great escape artist-magician extraordinaire, the great Zaladin, at your service. Ow! Oh, you hurt yourself, you great ninny. Let's go see Mother and get you taken care of. Then we can explain all of this silliness going on. How extraordinary. Not so, not so. Just very ordinary. <laughs> Hopefully that will teach that big brain a lesson that he should have learned a long time ago. Hercule, we must always forgive the foibles of others. Excuse me. Hello. You need to see me when? Tomorrow. 8 o'clock a.m. Yes, I will. You'd better not be late. Goodbye. It is getting late and I must be back to my parish. Very well. Come back soon so we can continue with the stories. As soon as I can. Crime Thrillers presented Mr. Glass, a Father Brown mystery, based on the stories by G.K. Chesterton, written for radio by Joseph McGuire. Starring Jim Galan as Father Brown and Roy Nessel as Hercule Flumbo. Also in the cast were Rosner Gideon as Dr. Orion Hood, Kennedy Reiner as Maggie McNabb, Joanna Bruno as Mrs. Eugenia McNabb, Paul Henderson as James Todd Hunter, Bob Helling as Chancellor John Hughes, Derek White as Mr. Glass, Allison White as newscaster Brenda Saunders, and Daryl Moffat as Superintendent Gerald St. John. I'm your announcer, Anne Bodel Nash. Theme music, Dance Macabre by Camille Sanson, performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Sound design and dialogue editing, Jay Charles. Production assistant, Betsy Charnas. Recording technician, Bobby Wiley. Director, Ziona Pettigrew. Produced by Joseph C. McGuire. Recorded in partnership at KSBR Studios in Mount Vernon, Washington. 
This is a Radio Theater Project presentation. 